0: This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Welcome back, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Fritz, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Cohen. So, as I talked about, as we teased before we went on break, we're starting off the show talking about the outrage over the Brock Turner rape case. Now... Everyone knows or should know by now that Brock is a 20-year-old rapist. white and very privileged convicted rapist who attended Stanford mm-hmm. University as a standout swimmer, and he dreamed of one day going to the Olympics. Then he raped somebody in 20, in 2015, January 2015, and he even took pictures of the victim's breast after he was done raping her, and oh. he texted to his friends and was like, Who's instead of saying the word breast, he said something else, but he basically said, like, whose breasts are these? Like making a joke out of it, like a complete mockery out of disgusting. it. Disgusting. It was. It's it's completely disgusting. So apparently rapists are some of the most privileged criminals on earth because when they steal a woman's self worth, they can walk away with literally uh, a really lenient conviction if White they're rigorous. charged, if they're charged at all. Especially if the rapist happens to be just as privileged as Brock Turner. So he was sentenced to only six months in jail, which in reality equates to about three months in protective custody that will keep him safe from other inmates who might want to harm him. And although he was convicted of three counts of sexual assault on an unconscious woman, the judge said that a longer sentence would have, and I quote, a severe impact on him. To make matters worse, Brock wrote a letter expressing how he feels, blaming alcohol for the rape. And he even portrays himself as a victim that happened to drink too much in this letter, right? So there's a lot to talk about today yeah. when it comes to this case, rape culture. There are nearly 1 million people who have signed a petition calling for that judge to step down. And then also we'll be talking about the intersection of race, class, and privilege and how it always plays out in our justice system. So, you know, I just want <clears throat> to excuse me. start off by opening up opening this up to the panel of course you guys can call in chime in at 212-650-6903 and i want to get you get your reaction to this case and the judge's decision
1: so i think you forgot to mention one thing he's a horrible piece of crap who deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life and also who cares about his sports history because he's a filthy rapist and i hope that he has no more success in life
2: well the u.s swimming like team the like national team banned him from swimming for life so he's no longer allowed to <laughs> as like a token to us he's yes. also no lo- longer allowed to compete but you and
1: know he can't what, grill anymore
3: you know what the 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 uh, the thing in my mind is the internet right because as you all know nothing ever dies on the internet Mm -hmm. so now when your face is plastered all over a meme that says rapist and it gets circulated around and around and around and around the internet I mean his face with the word rapist has probably been circulated around the internet more than a Beyonce photo I'm not even kidding like that's how serious people are taking this and that's good which means you know like no matter what this guy goes to do in life like at some point if you type his name into a search engine in Google if he's looking for a job what's gonna come up Brock Turner rapist listen yeah. they tried
1: to destroy Vankovic's life over the dog fighting so
2: well I, I think that this is one good thing I guess to result out of this tragedy this really yeah. horrific event is that people are talking about it in a way where they're not blaming her. I, I haven't heard any sort of language about, oh, well, she shouldn't have been so drunk. Or, and I'm I sure have. that's, I'm sure that's out there, right? But that's not the, the most prevalent argument that I've heard. It's that he is a rapist. He took advantage of someone who was intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's always that, that counter argument. Well, what was she wearing? What? How much did she drink? Well, you know? well the statements that Brock's family and friends right. wrote
0: definitely did put that blame well because they did shift the blame because they write about how he had an outstanding character even his father said that his 20 years of of life should not be based on 20 minutes of action
3: that's ridiculous yeah so and
0: and like his ex-girlfriend came out and even in the letter he wrote himself he's like basically blaming campus culture he says that he was an inexperienced drinker and that you know being the peer pressure of drinking is what led and and what basically led to um, the, the the rape him raping.
1: What, where are the where is this judge when, like you you have a black or Latin kid somewhere who does who did something dumb but had a bright future. Where is that judge you know what?
0: Right. That's an excellent point, because for the judge to have more compassion on a rapist than the victim and to say, like, I don't want to severely impact his life. I think about the same things, because when a little black kid or Latino gets locked up for having, you know, an ounce of weed in his pocket or for jumping a turnstile and he starts to build right. up these misdemeanors and he can't get a job. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Right. Um. You know, one of the things that actually struck me the most and got the biggest reaction for me out of this case was the victim's statement. She wrote a, she read a 12-page letter during the sentencing trial, and she said things like, and I quote, you don't know me, but you've been inside me, and that's why we're here today. She also articulated the trauma she suffered after enduring an excruciating rape exam, and she says, and I quote, I stood there examining my body beneath a stream of water and decided... I don't want my body anymore. I was terrified of it. I didn't know what had been in it. If it had been contaminated, who had touched it, I wanted to take my body off like a jacket and leave it at the hospital with everything else. I mean, the, the letter itself is extremely compelling. It's very graphic. And she just does, you know, a, a brilliant job of articulating what that feels like, that trauma. And she also talks about how she can't sleep, how she couldn't sleep for like six months. She needed a, needed to put the light on. She couldn't fall asleep till like 6 a.m. I mean, after someone is raped, you endure, you know, years and years of psychological trauma that can never be compensated. Yeah. Never. Right.
1: This is I mean, w- what we're witnessing here is someone who's pretty much walking away scotch free for um, and like, forgive me for the phrase, but this is br- breaking and entering almost like he 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 invaded somebody literally and you're giving him three months in Um, and that's that's I I find it's very hard for me to wrap my head around it, Jackie.
2: Well, it's I mean it's hard for me to wrap my head around the sentencing, right? Like that's ridiculous. But the fact that this event took place is not as a woman, as a young woman, is not impossible for me to understand at all. I mean, I think that the culture, as far as the way that administrations, I mean, and certainly this is not always the case because look Mm -hmm. at what has happened in Colombia. Um, And other schools that have treated or disregarded um, sexual assault and sexual abuse cases or Mm -hmm. sort of haven't reported them to the police. But I think that because there are so many outspoken people that have suffered this trauma, they the culture is starting to change. Um, But I certainly remember as a college student being told there were you know, we had like like one of those like R.A. briefings where they have like a workshop with you about how to stay safe on campus. And it's like always walk with a friend. You know, don't be too drunk make sure what you're wearing is appropriate for and I think that the the that kind of language is changing but the way that rape and sexual assault was always taught to me as a college student um, the late aughts was this is an inevitability and you have to do it's your responsibility as a woman to do everything you can to protect yourself not hey men don't rape women because that's the worst thing you can do, right? You shouldn't be raping women and you shouldn't be treating women's bodies like they are your possessions. The focus was much more on how do women. Um, prevent, protect, prevent this. this inevitability like this is definitely going to happen to some women you as a woman should not get too drunk you should not wear a skirt that's too short you should not be out late at night by yourself because this will happen to you if you do those things and a lot of women take on that blame as, and that's part of the trauma Right, is that women accept that they are somehow responsible for this horrific act Um, But I think that is changing, especially hearing this woman's brave, remarkable letter to Brock Turner um, where she calls him out and says everything that he did to take from her.
3: Right. No, I agree with all that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad the culture is changing, but the language that, and I agree, when I was at first went to Binghamton, I started out going to college at Binghamton for about a year and a half before I went to Stony Brook. And um, when I first started at Binghamton, and I remember part of the orientation were some of those things that Jackie mentioned. And like language like that plays right into rape culture sure. because it doesn't acknowledge the fact that there's only one thing that causes rape, and that's rapists. And we should acknowledge for this, you know, we, we should acknowledge, Women are not the only people that get raped. Men get raped as well. Uh, Obviously, women get raped at a much, much, much higher level. Um, But, you know, just for the sake of this conversation, rape is not okay. Doesn't matter whether it's a man who's doing the raping or whether it's a woman who's doing the raping. It doesn't matter whether it's between a heterosexual couple or two heterosexual people or a homosexual people. Like, rape isn't okay. And so that's part of what we have to do, which is change the way we talk about this. We shouldn't change, like, you know, we have to change saying things like, don't wear short skirts, don't drink alcohol, don't engage in flirty behavior, don't walk alone at night, you know, don't watch certain shows on television, don't wear short skirts, like, no, there's only one thing that we need to teach, and that is no means no, rape is rape. If somebody's intoxicated and they cannot consent and they cannot say yes, that means no. If somebody is sleeping and they are unable to say yes, that means no. If somebody says yes and then you start making out and then they decide, you know what, this isn't really what I want. I want something. I I don't want to do this right now. And they then change their mind and they say, no, I don't want to do that. Guess what? When they change their mind and say no, that also means no. There's only one thing that means yes, and that's yes. Right, clear
0: consent. Um, so, so in the beginning of the conversation, Jackie brought up you know important point, and then Alyssa kind of reiterated um, about you know those questions that rape victims get when it's you know you hear things like what were you wearing, how much did you drink, you know are you how what's your um, have you ever been sexually active, and those were the exact questions. That the victim was presented to on trial and she detailed like what 25 of these invasive questions that she had to endure and I kind of that it was hard for me to really wrap my brain around that because I had no idea what her sexual activity with her boyfriend how that played into her being raped and Alyssa as a defense lawyer. Um, I wanted to just ask you about this strategy like can you explain the strategy and reason and reasoning behind questioning a victim like this
3: right so that's an interesting question and it's a good question and it's because I mean one well I should go back and say in everybody that I fault in this the one thing person I don't really fault is his criminal defense attorney I mean like criminal defense attorneys in like and you can disagree with me on this that's fine but like criminal defense attorneys job is to make sure that the people prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt it's not the defense attorneys job to To prove innocence it's the people's Job to prove guilt and so I don't Fault his criminal defense attorney I fault the judge I fault him for the rape I fault His family and for society but I don't The one person I won't fault is his criminal defense Attorney that said in many States what essentially the law says And I know this is even true in New York is that um, When it comes To you know most things you're not Allowed to bring up people's character evidence right You're not allowed to bring up their background but In situations um, where Somebody is claiming sexual assault now Now, every state is different, but in some states you're allowed to at least inquire into somebody's sexual history. Um, I I don't personally agree with that. I mean, obviously, that's a very much a defense strategy because it's allowed. And so what you have to say is like defense attorneys are going to use all the tools available to them. And if we don't think that that should be allowed, then we shouldn't attack the criminal defense attorney. We should attack the legislature and say, hey, maybe we should change the law about what types of evidence are allowed or, and is not allowed in sexual assault cases, and that would take that tool off the table for a defense attorney to even
1: use. So it sounds like what you're saying is don't hate the player, hit the game. Yeah. 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 That's sort of what I'm saying.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that just sort of sums it
1: up. Yeah. I, I want to um, just, just take a quick step back and respond to, like, talking about how we deal with talk about rape. I think that if we're ever going to have any progress with rape, what needs to happen is that men need to be taught that women aren't just objects and that they're people, because that's the biggest thing that I've gotten from this. Just, just to be honest, is no one is acknowledging or seeing her as a person, as a whole human being. It's just like a thing with the vagina. And I think when you, have, when you, when you perceive things like that or people like that, it's a lot easier to say 20 minutes of a small mistake is going to cost them his whole life because you're not perceiving them as people. And I think that's the the biggest thing I got from this.
3: You know, I actually, you know, and that's a good p- shameless plug for last week's uh, episode about Roots, where we talked <laughs> about people, you know, not like, but you know what, that's what it. That's exactly what it is. I mean, yeah. you want to go back to talk about the Roots segment just for a half a second, when the master is raping her and he's yeah. saying, I own you, It's my I right. own you, it's my right. I mean, yeah, he was saying that because mm. of her status as a slave, because she was black, but also like, it also had to do with the fact, with the fact, I mean, that like still kind of shones through like Mm -hmm. you're a woman. I'm a man. Mm -hmm. I own you.
2: Right. I think when I think about this um, and I know there's a statistic that I think the New York times put together a few years back that Mm -hmm. said that one in five women on college campuses Mm -hmm. have either been raped, um, have victim, have been victims of rape or attempted rape. Um, And I, as someone who lived on a college campus, believe that i've seen the culture that surrounds these campuses and drinking and sort of men feeling they they have privilege and access to women's bodies um and i think for me you know uh, like talking about feminism a little bit and how there's a discussion about you know women saying why is feminism important for me and i think for me personally feminism is so important because when i when i sort of started to identify as a feminist and learn more about feminism, I learned more about the fact that, oh, my body is my own. It's not, I I don't owe it to anybody else. Um, And that's something that this culture has not necessarily ingrained in us, right? We, as women, have been told, you know, you have to, like, respect men and there's all these sexual politics surrounding what men want and very few about what women want or deserve, right? And so when I'm being told on a college campus, you know, do everything to protect yourself. Um, don't wear a short skirt. Don't be too drunk. I—it's ingrained in my mind. Oh, I am the one that can either prevent this from being hap- uh, from happening or not. No. And so Let's to understand that it's not—you know—it's not my problem. It's men's problem raping women. That's that's a whole different conversation. No,
0: no, that's absolutely right. And I think that we as a society, as parents, um, we don't do a good job in teaching boys not to rape. And, you know, the CDC had that same statistic that Jackie mentioned, a similar one. It says one in five women will be sexually assaulted in her lifetime. And in 80 percent of those cases, it's by someone she already knows. And what that always makes me think about is. Who is doing the raping? If you have one in five women in one place and one of them have been, you know, you have five women in one place and one of them have already been raped. Think about all those guys who are raping and who constantly do not get any accountability. I mean, I know women who have been raped eight times. I know women who have been raped two times and like they live. You know they have to go on living and carrying around this burden because the rapist is their cousin or, or the rapist is or the their neighbor, boyfriend or their well, boyfriend. Right. Uh, or well, their that's husband. another thing
3: people don't realize. Like you can be raped by somebody who you're in a relationship with. Um, I, I know you. you uh, before we go to a quick break, I just wanted to give you a few more sobering statistics about uh, rape in America. Forty-six point four percent of lesbians, seventy-four point nine percent of bisexual women, and forty-three point three percent of heterosexual men have reported sexual violence. Other than rape during their lifetimes While 40.2% of gay men 47.4% of bisexual men And 28.8% of heterosexual men Have reported sexual violence Other than rape Nearly 1 in 10 women Has been raped by an intimate partner We were just talking about that Including completed forced penetration attempted forced penetration, or alcohol and drug-facilitated penetration. Approximately 1 in 45 hen has been made to penetrate an intimate partner during his lifetime. 27.8% of men who have been raped were under the age of 10 at the time they were first victimized.
0: Yeah, that, that is mind-blowing right there. Um, on that note, we do have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will continue the discussion about rape culture in America in light of the Brock Turner rape case. Run, run like the
3: behind
0: us Run We are back <laughs> <laughs> I let your voice be heard. I don't know what Stanley is singing or talking about. You're not Beyonce. you're not Beyonce. Yes, I Beyonce. am. I had a hundred likes Beyonce. on a
1: post yesterday. I I'm Beyonce. Wow.
0: I really thinks he's Beyoncé. I don't know what's going on with this. When you
1: get a hundred likes for a regular Facebook post, you come talk to me, okay, boo boo, okay, boo boo. <laughs>
3: I have, I, I have done that. By
1: the way, it was like a beach picture. But, by the
3: way, Stanley, <laughs> in, until you um, grow some cans and mm-hmm. have some long, beautiful blonde hair and, and talent and some amazing oh. legs, and you know, just all around bright, smart, brilliant woman, oh. despite your body, that's not even fair. All right, amazing no. music, then you can call yourself Beyonce. Well, control.
1: I have amazing legs. So, how about that?
0: Not really. All right, guys. So, we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. Before we went to break, we were talking about the egregious Brock Turner rape case. Again, that is the 20-year-old... White privileged rapist who received six months in prison as a sentencing for raping an unconscious woman, and of course we know that equates to about three months in prison, and he'll be protected, so he's not even going to be in general population.
1: Oh, put him in gen pop. Put him in there for an well, hour. You
0: know, well, I actually legs. I actually heard a lot of pushback. People like were Jared. saying that you know he, as a culture, we should not be promoting gang rapes. Exactly. So we do know right. that rapists um, historically do have you know once they're locked up more a lot of times they are you know penalized with gang rapes by other inmates. Well oh, he
1: don't need to get a gang rape he can get a gang beat down though. Listen, <laughs> listen I'm not I mean, I'm not but all but for this being a bigger person but thing. But this throw, racist- Joe, throw him, George Zimmerman, um all these other crazy folk who wanna who wanna act up, the um influenza kid, whatever he's called Throw them all in Rikers Island and Gen Pop for two hours with no security watching, well, you know, and listen, the, the folk there will take care of them. You want to
3: talk about, you know, what, like a beating, but like when we talk about prison rape, like we per- help to perpetuate right. pre- rape culture. No, right? no, I'm not talking about like, prison no, rape. I, I know you're about. not. I'm oh. just, I'm just putting that out there. This is an important point. This comes up a lot. Whenever somebody's convicted of rape and they're going to go to jail, somebody says inevitably, somebody says, "Well, put them somewhere where they're going to be raped in jail," or somebody makes a "Don't drop the soap" right. joke or something like that, and. You You know what? Rape isn't funny, even if it occurs in a jail. So it's like perplexing to me how so many people could be so like... You know what? We really need to, um, you know, pay attention to rape culture and make sure that rapes aren't happening, and really pay attention in society about rape. But that's those very same people are like very quick to jump on the "let's hope this person gets raped in prison" bandwagon, and that's bandwagon, and that's just not cool. Like, rape isn't cool, whether it occurs in prison or it occurs out, occurs outside of prison. Like, rape and sex are different things. Rape is a violent act that ignores the fact that somebody has to consent to engage in sexual contact with you, and especially in prison, where somebody doesn't even have the ability to consent due to their status behind bars, you know? So, I mean, like, I just think we should get away from the notion of making jokes about people being raped in prison because they committed a rape. Right. Uh, You know, as Hammurabi said, an eye for the... An, an eye, eye for an, an eye, eye leaves the whole world blind.
0: Right. No, that that that's true. So, um, before we left off, um, I gave some statistics about how often rape happens, and Alyssa gave some also egregious statistics and about rapes happening also to in the uh, within the LGBT community and men. Uh, right, and to men. And I wanted to say that you know, back to a uh, college campus and the issue in the epidemic of rape culture on campus, um, there's another statistic that I thought was really daunting. So it's nearly one in five college women were victims of rape or attempted rape during their freshman year, oh. sometimes within the first few months. And, again, this just plays into um, the, the fact that you have these young girls who are going to campus and who being, um, you know, whatever happens – um, they're being taken advantage of, they're being manipulated, and they're being raped. And when we do not punish and hold that rapist accountable, when we justify it, when we make jokes about it, when we have language circling around, you know, rape that pretty much puts the rapist as, you know, as a hero almost, um, it, it all falls into rape culture. And this is why this is continuing to happen.
1: So, uh, yeah, we do have a call on the line. Before we get to that person, I just want to get some, I guess, some insider information in relation to like men i know growing up one of the things i always heard was like as a man a woman is, is here to please you and this is your right and it's supposed to do certain things and so I, especially when i got to college sex is almost seen like a transactional thing it was like well i was nice to you you owe me sex uh i took you out to eat you owe me sex and there were some people when they felt like they were slighted, or even just because they just wanted to take it they would do that because it was their right and we really had to change that way of thinking. I, I had to change that way of thinking. Like, thankfully, you know, obviously, I haven't raped anyone or attempt, attempted to rape anyone. But I, like, I had that kind of ideology, that thought process. Like, well, like you, you deserved be, it. Yeah, like it is my right. You can't tell me that I'm a man.
0: Wow. No, that that that's deep. That's deep. I know we do have a call on the line who would like to let their voice be heard.
4: Greg. Yeah. Greg. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon yeah oh look i don't want to sound over patronizing, but I do happen to agree with uh one of the uh young ladies who said that it's not funny you know and you know I also do agree that i think it should be examined a little bit why would somebody uh rape someone else uh i mean there's a lot of historical uh- uh evidence about this that, and the other, but my thing is you know why would someone? why would a woman rape a little girl? You know, this is—I haven't heard anything about this. And the escalation of, of women going to prison uh, for rape and being raped in prison, this is out of the discussion. Why is this under the radar? And with the, the, the gang violence, uh, woman on female-on-female female violence, uh, little girls don't like to be raped by bigger girls either. I mean, I mean, don't anybody care about, you know, that aspect well, of it? I mean, why would a person— why would a female rape another female? Well, I
2: think that it happens, right? And so I don't think anyone's ignoring that, but I think that the, the staggering number of men who sexually assault women is much greater, right? And granted, there are many cases. There are absolutely cases, and no one in this room is is denying that, where women sexually assault men or women sexually assault other women. That is absolutely something that happens, but the amount of men, the, the systemic nature Of sexual assault committed by men towards women is, I mean, you you can't count it. Right? It's an epidemic. It's an epidemic. And so that's what we're talking about. While we know that there are cases where women commit, absolutely women commit acts of sexual violence towards other women or towards men or towards children i'm sure that happens but Mm -hmm. the amount of you know the frequency of these acts being committed by men towards women is staggering thank
0: you so much greg for calling in guys if you do want to chime in the number is two one two six five zero six nine zero three and i also wanted to add in according to rain only one only six in every thousand perpetrators of sexual assault End up in prison again, another staggering statistic well, and
2: reason why we need to talk about this epidemic. And I think part of the reason why we see so few um, offenders going to prison is that very few women, I think that this may be changing, but few um, victims of sexual violence, right. not just women, um, uh, go and um, Go report to the police it. and report it, right? And so what we see, especially on college campuses, is that typically when somebody reports an act of sexual violence, uh, the school deals with it internally. Where they should go to the police, they often have boards where they have like a trial on their own campuses. And this is what I believe we saw in Columbia. This is what we've seen at other campuses, where schools have tried to deal with the issue internally. Um, instead of going to the police, which seems absolutely ridiculous to me and so why would a woman who has um endured this this trauma right the sexual violence want to then go and report it when everything is then put on display and they have to go through this terrible and this is this happens also when they report to the police right it's a really the the trial itself can be really traumatic yeah. um and then you have you know questions like what were you wearing that night how much did you have to drink and you have to relive the experience over and over again Um, You know, I can't say that if something this traumatic had happened to me that I would want to then put myself through that that situation of reliving the experience over and over and over again. But the the um, the way that many college campuses deal with acts of sexual violence is really um, irresponsible.
0: No, that's absolutely right. They need to treat it as a crime, yeah. and they're not doing that. They're keeping it internally. Right, and, internal. and there's
3: so many women that, like, they wait they wait to come forward, right? I, God, I'm going to get in trouble now by bringing up Bill Cosby. But, like, you see all these women that have waited long, so long because nobody really wanted to listen to them or they felt like they weren't going to be believed because this person was a celebrity and the person was a person in power. Like, rape is about power. It's about control. And so, like, you know— You see that a lot, especially when it comes to people who occupy a certain place of privilege, whether it's Bill Cosby or whether it's Brock Turner. And so people stay quiet. And then later on, when they finally decide to come forward, people discredit them and they say things like, oh, well, this happened 20 years ago. Why are you first bringing up now? Uh, Maybe because it was traumatizing and because this person holds so much power that you thought like, oh, you know what? Who's going to listen to little old me? Stanley wanted to jump
1: in on that. Thank you for bringing that up, Alyssa. I I had to go take a call we do have a call online, but one of the things I wanted to mention was, why would anyone want to say something? It took 60 women coming out for one person to get a trial for Bill Cosby raping right. them. 60 women. And finally, the, they were like, all right, maybe we should look at one of these cases again. And he still might go walk away scot-free. 60 women, guys. Think about that. And people still don't believe Bill Cosby's a rapist because people they don't still, trust
3: women, right? We yeah. still live in a society where women aren't trusted. People think women are liars, right? That they're we're crazy not telling and they're the truth. I mean, I like I'm not going to jump forward into our news roundup segment, but like I feel like this is part of the animosity towards Hillary Clinton. Policy aside, is that right. people just don't trust women, and yeah. women still women occupy a way lower place in our society than men do. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: So, guys, we do have a caller on the line. We have Bruce on the line. He wants to respond to Greg's comment from earlier. Bruce, let your voice be heard.
4: Yes. Good afternoon. I'm, I'm a, I'm a substance abuse counselor and I'm a clinical psychologist and I have many cases that come to my office about female abuse upon other females and you had a gentleman that's called and addressing that matter and you're skirted around it I mean you, you sound like you're just really a uh, very callous against uh, uh, female being violated by other females and I, in my office uh, there's a, a mounting of cases that come through and this new millennium, I think we, we, this should really be addressed. And I wonder, wonder why you're excusing around uh, protecting other females for raping other females. Uh, it's it's horrible, on both sides on all sides. And we need to examine this. And I would like to know why. Yes, like the gentleman did the call. He asks, why would a female violate and rape another female if she understands the atrocity? of rape and
1: trauma. Thank you so much for calling in, Bruce. And I just want to say... (laughs) Yes. I I just want to say that. So I don't think anyone's undercutting the fact that women rape other women or women rape men. That definitely happens. I think what we're saying is that it happens at a higher clip that men are raping women. One out of four women are raped. Every day. Not one out of four men. So it is a serious problem and we don't want to undercut it and I don't think anyone here did.
2: Which is literally I, what I said the first time yeah. and maybe because I'm a woman that what that point well, wasn't made one, as prevalent. One second, Selena.
1: I, I really want to point one more thing out and this is for br- both Bruce and Greg and I want to do that because I'm the, the, the one here with the penis is that when you hear a segment or a conversation about a woman who was raped while she was unconscious, and like the perpetrator gets pretty much no jail time, and you come and you call in and you want to talk about women raping other women. That's an example of why rape culture is such a huge problem here. And I understand that this is a problem, women raping other women, but we're talking about somebody who was sexually assaulted while she was unconscious behind a per- dumpster. Behind a dumpster, the person took pictures of her, and he's going to jail for three months, and that's it. We should be outraged about that. There's no competition about who gets raped the most. We should be outraged about all rape, but the conversation we're having today is about this. Right. And when we like kinda like throw that in there or like try to like I guess co opt it, you're you're disregarding right. what's happening right now. And this right. is
2: what happens every time we talk about this issue is it's always related back to how women um put themselves in this position or what are women doing that are bad, right? It can never be about what are men doing right. and what can we do to stop it, right? right. It's always about Women's responsibility in this issue, never about men. And right. Both our callers, or one caller, right. Uh, both of them played into that point perfectly. Listen, like, right. I was,
1: yeah, like, listen, we've, we've, we've all been through this, so it makes sense. Go ahead.
0: Oh, okay. No, no. I mean, unfortunately, we do have to bring this conversation to a close. But before we do, I, I want to talk about some of the the ways, strategies that we can combat rape culture, particularly on campus and give everyone um you know just some times for for final thoughts
3: no, I you know I just my final thoughts, and we didn't really get to get into this, but just the media reaction and the way the media portrays certain people, um, like when you know I'll give you like with the way they put Trayvon Martin on the screen, where like they found this like picture of him in like a hoodie, um, like or like the way they portray Michael Brown or like any of these black men who have been killed by the police. But then like when we look at like the mugshot that was taken of Brock Turner was not the picture that was circulating around on the media. It was like his yearbook photo right. of like him in a tie suit. For, like in a suit like so like I just wanted to get in something about how like the media treats white young men who rape who literally rape and like how they try and portray them as this like nice clean cut preppy looking guy Um, but like whenever a black man gets shot by a cop then we automatically like say what was that person doing wrong which is like the same thing we're saying about when women gets raped which is like you know some crazy irony but also we're like, let's find the worst picture we could put up of them and put it up and try and make them out to be some kind of thug, which we all know is keyword for some other word that the media is not going to say. In addition, I just wanted to add lastly before we close out, like we're sitting here talking for the past few weeks about bathroom laws. Well, you know what? If there's somebody you really don't want in the bathroom with your daughter, it's not a trans person. It's probably Brock Turner. Right.
2: Um, I just want to say that as a woman who live in society today I live in New York City um sexual assault is always something that I fear happening to me right I do everything quote unquote right Um, to protect myself, right? I don't walk home late at night with headphones in. I put keys in my hands when I'm walking home late at night so that if somebody tries to assault me, like there's so many things that I've been conditioned to do just because I'm a woman to protect myself against men. And I'm really tired of it because I've lived my whole life being afraid of men and what they could potentially do. And I think that it's time that we start treating men um, and and speaking to them about their actions and putting the responsibility on them, because the fact that the responsibility is on me and on all women to protect themselves against sexual violence and not on men to teach them that you cannot just have access to a woman's body whenever you want it. That if you pass by a woman on the street and you think she looks cute in her shorts and you yell at her, um, about it, that maybe it scares her because maybe sexual violence happens regularly. And one in five women have been, um, have been raped or had attempted rape um right. you know this is like this is a real problem and i you know we could talk about how women play into it too but we need to start talking to our men about how they can solve this problem and how they can stop treating women's bodies like their objects that they own
1: we need to only be talking to men and listen one out of five women are raped which means one out of five men are rapists and the rest With of panic. you probably are accepting it you're perpetuating it you're supporting it And this is not a women's issue. This is a men's issue. And when you can walk down these streets and know that your mother, sister, best friend, aunt, grandmother, whoever else could possibly be raped, and then you still blame someone who's a reflection of that person, there's a serious problem with you. And a lot of men get mad when you talk about having privilege, but it's a privilege to walk down the street at night and not be worried about getting raped. This is not something that goes through our heads. And until we step up and push back on it, we're always going to have this problem. You are owed nothing, you have power over no one. You can stop rape, it is your responsibility
0: no absolutely right and I just want to say that also as a woman I think about getting raped probably every single day like I've even used the term like oh my god I'm so rapable right now because what? like if I no because if I have like a short like if, let's say I have a dress yeah. on or a skirt on I, that's literally the thoughts that go through my head is like I could literally it's not going to be too hard for someone to just throw me down behind a dumpster and pull off my panties And that's, like, a, and that's, like that's what I think Selena shouldn't
3: have to think of, like that and neither should any any other woman in this country like I, yeah. because because you know you shouldn't you should be able to wear whatever you want and not have to worry about whether you're quote unquote rapeable as right. you put it. Well, I
0: mean, I know it's a controversial term that I made up in my head, but the facts are the facts, and and that's what happens. And knowing so many people in my family and my friends who have been raped, I mean, it, I feel like it's almost a matter of time. Yeah. And the reason why it's because of our culture, our culture. Blames alcohol Our culture blames women Our culture, you know, as a society We're always putting the blame on someone else When the fact of the matter is A rapist is a rapist And I think that Brock Turner Like even in his statement Even though he's blaming alcohol and campus culture He needs rapist. to blame us He needs to blame us as a society Because we've created this culture That allows people like Brock Turner To rape and then get away with it And I also wanted to say We didn't get a chance to talk about this But I think it's a time It's time for us to demand minimum sentences For rapists so this way, when somebody walks into the court and they say, you know, what well, is accused of being of rape and they're convicted of rape, we know for a fact that they'll have a minimum of at least two years in prison and won't get a slap on the wrist and get three months. And I think that that definitely is also a major injustice.
3: I think we should just we should be careful, and we should approach sentencing in a very careful way. But because what we've seen is every time we create these types of sentences, they end up impacting Black and Brown yeah. people more. So I like while I would agree with you, we need to make sure that rapists are being punished harshly. We also have to be very very careful the types of legislation we put into effect, um, so that we make sure that we're not also you know helping to further the criminalization of black and brown people while we're trying to protect women from being raped. I mean,
0: something needs to be done when white when white men rape. That's just, I mean, we'll talk about solutions. We won't talk about it now because we have to go on a break, but something needs to be done, particularly when white men rape. On that note, we do have to take a quick break, but we're coming back to the News Roundup right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard.
3: Pills and potions.
1: W-H-C-R.
0: All right, guys. So-